I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 471. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Before I get started today, I want to draw your attention to a free episode guide that complements this specific podcast episode, giving you direction as to where to study and some Bible interaction tools to help you dig in. You can find this guide at michellenizat.com forward slash 471 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide's already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's word in new ways. You know the moments that create an irresistible response, like videos of babies and their belly laughs? (laughs) I mean, how can you not laugh alongside them, or at least smile? Uh, This week's song poses this kind of scenario. When Mercy Me sings, To Not Worship You, it highlights a perspective and a behavior shift upon remembering and reflecting on God. Of course, I was inspired to sit and study in Scripture, but before we get to that... Let's listen. Breathe out, breathe in, raise my hands and remember you're the one, you're the one who makes mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to, tell them to. I chose a psalm to soak in as inspired by this song. There were many to choose from and some that you may argue better reflect the lyrics of our song. In fact, I read through many of the psalms in search for the one that I would land in. And isn't that a happy rabbit trail to wander down? You know, reading through the psalms with your antenna up about God's greatness and responding in worship. And so I landed in Psalm 89 for a couple of reasons. The first is found in Psalm 89 verses 5 through 7. It says, Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. And that just sounds like you're wonderful, you're faithful, you are incomparable, you are great and awesome. Who else would the heavens praise? Who else would the assemblies praise? Who am I to not worship you? The other reason I chose Psalm 89 is that I haven't ever studied it in depth before. I've read it, of course, but I haven't sat in it and meditated on what it said. I've never considered who wrote it. I haven't really interacted with it before. And there were a couple of other psalms that maybe would have worked um, to, to pair with this particular song. But I had spent time in them, and I wanted to try a new psalm. And this is as good a reason as any to study in a particular area of Scripture. But there's no right or wrong answer here. You know, you've studied it five times before. Great. God may show you something new or he may remind you of an old truth that you've long forgotten. You're a little afraid to study it. 
I mean, full disclosure, this is how I feel about Daniel and Isaiah. But you're a little afraid to study it? Great. This is an opportunity to build a foundation of familiarity with the text that then you can build upon as your knowledge grows. So first, I chose the psalm. And then I read it on repeat. (laughs) I didn't really have time to interact with it at first. But when I sat down to interact with it, I didn't want that to be the first time I read it. So I took the BITE of repetition. Now, BITE is an acronym, B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. And these are just the exercises that I use to keep my time in God's Word varied. Um, they, I haven't created them. I curated them. And repetition is a really good one. If you find yourself skimming the text because you've read it a couple of times already now, and now it, you just find yourself skimming the text, you might pair repetition with the bite of reading the text aloud just to stay focused. Um, This psalm is a little bit longer. It's 52 verses. That's longer than most chapters in the Bible, but still, it's not that long. You know, it's not Psalm 119. Uh, you You should not break it up. You should go ahead and try to read it in one sitting. However, it is too long to read and comment on in this podcast. So it might be good to listen to the podcast, go read the psalm, and then come back and listen again or interact with it try it a couple of different ways. A few things stood out to me when I read and reread this psalm. I made a mental note of what I wanted to explore further, but you could jot down these ideas as you're reading through on a sticky note uh, that you just leave right there in your Bible or at the top of a journal page or something like that. Uh, But right off the top, steadfast love stood out to me. Uh, Psalm 89 verse 1 says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. So steadfast love is the translation for the word hesed in Hebrew. And we've talked about it recently in episodes 441 and 461. And so I just made a note in my mind, but of course you could just jot it down on a sticky note, steadfast love, and then keep reading, right? If So if you're in this stage where you're just reading the text, but you don't want to lose track of what you want to follow up on later, this sticky note is, is what I'm talking about. All right. The covenant language stood out to me. Psalm 89 verse three says, you have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. Uh, various names of God stood out to me. Lord, Lord God of hosts, Holy One of Israel, Lord our King. So various names of God stood out to me. Uh, References to creation, like in verse 11, it says, The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all that is in it, you have founded them. Uh, There were several references to creation like that. The messianic nature of this psalm, meaning it references the reign of David, but but with eternal language that can only be applied to Jesus, the son of David. So verse 27 says, and I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Of course, he's talking about David, but then there's that same illusion. We talked about Jesus having that firstborn title in the last episode. Or verse 36 says, his offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. So again, it's kind of this dual tone, this messianic uh, nature of this psalm, or at least messianic nature of parts of the psalm. The cry of lament stood out to me. We talked about songs of lament way back in episode 381. It might be worth pulling that out and listening to it again. But the end of this psalm, there's a cry of lament. I also made note of some repeated words, and I also kind of made note of the idea that there's of the author of the psalm, because it's not a psalm of David, and it's not a psalm of Asaph, so I made note of that. 
Now, I have a whole list of things now that I can explore as I interact with God's word. So on that day when I say, okay, I'm going to pull out my notebook, I'm going to pull out my Bible, I'm going to interact with it. Now I have this whole list that I can um, refer to, to then move forward with. Now, one of the tendencies we often have is to jump to the study notes in our study Bibles before we interact with the text ourselves. And I don't want you to forever avoid reputable commentaries and good study notes, but I would like you to break the habit of jumping there first. One of the best habits I've developed is to start with God. And this bite will forever change the way you interact with scripture. It's right up there with reading in context as one of my favorites. And uh, this one was inspired uh, by my note about the various names of God in this one psalm. So when I saw that there were various names of God, in, in this psalm, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to start with God. So even before you dive into the historical background or word studies, start with God. Pair this bite with the bite of making a list and then pair it with adoration. And honestly, you could just stop there. You know, we wouldn't even have to interact any further with the psalm. It's so amazing. So what are you going to write on your list when you take the bite of starting with God? Well, you are looking for God's character, his conduct, and his concerns. So when I made a list, I wrote down 33 things from this one psalm, and I didn't have any repeats, and I think there's actually more in there, but I wrote down 33 things. I'm not going to read all 33, but I just do, I do want to give you a few. I wrote down steadfast love and faithfulness, and you see both those in verse 2 when it says, for I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. Um, I wrote down covenant maker. I already read a verse about that. I wrote down God of wonders. Our theme verse is verse five. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. I wrote down incomparable because verse six asks who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? And the answer is rhetorical. No one, because God is incomparable. Um, I wrote down greatly to be feared awesome, above all. I love the next two. Rules the sea and stills the waters. Verse nine says, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So you get the idea. So now that I have over 30 characteristics or truths about God, I could actually take one every day for the next month and use that as the foundation for adoration. When I used to drive my girls to school, we would pray in the car on the way. And we had a very short drive. And so we would use the ACTS model, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I always taught them that the difference between adoration and thanksgiving is that adoration is praising God for who he is. And thanksgiving is gratitude for what he's done. And a consistent challenge in my life is to seek God's face before I seek his hand. And differentiating adoration and thanksgiving like this does just that. You know, that in the order of the ACTS prayer model, you know, we adore him, then we confess and repent, then we thank him before we ever get to our supplication, which is just a fancy word for requests. But I always taught my girls to start out by saying, I praise you, God, because you are. So if we're using our list to adore God for different things every day, today I might say, I praise you, God, because you are faithful. I praise you, God, because you are the God of wonders. I praise you because you are mighty. Now, don't get too tripped up if your list includes conduct or concerns of God. That feels more like Thanksgiving, like steadfast love, for example. I'm thankful for it, but I can also adore God because he is the God of steadfast love. 
I praise you, God, because you still the seas. I praise you, God, because you founded the world and everything in it. So what if you spent the day adoring God for that one characteristic? After a month of taking what you've learned about God and turning it back to him in praise, you will have worshipped a unique aspect of God every day. That's powerful. You know, when the girls were little, we would go weeks with them praising God because he is loving. You know, I praise you, God, because you're loving every day, every day, every day, um, except for those mornings when maybe I may have lost my cool. My oldest would always get a little passive aggressive about it and say something like, I praise you, God, because you are patient, you know, <laughs> but uh, while God is patient and loving, he is so much more. And our worship of God will be more meaningful as our knowledge of God grows. Now, we have time to discuss one more thing that jumped out at me as I studied Psalm 89. And that is one uh, one of those repeated words that I talked about. And the repeated word that I studied this week was the word faithfulness. I logged eight times that it was used, and we will take a closer look at each time. But first, I want to do a quick word study. That is also a bite. Uh, I do love my Logos software for this because I can just double click on the word and choose study. And then it pops up all the lexicons and a pretty chart and all manner of information that I am not yet educated enough to explore. But I do want to tell you that you can see a lot of the same information if you want to use one of those free online resources that I often refer to, like BibleHub.com. If you use that resource, you just look up the verse, choose interlinear and click on the Strong's number, and it will kind of it'll bring you to some of that lexicon information and dictionary information as well. Now, that's if you want to do it for yourself, which I hope you will try. But for today, just know that the lexicons say that faithfulness in Hebrew is emuna and means steadfastness, trustworthiness, faithfulness, honesty, permanent official duty, the quality of being faithful, the quality of being honest, the quality of being steady, securely or immovably fixed in place. That's good. So take the bite of meditation and let that roll around in your mind a bit. God's faithfulness means he's steadfast, honest, trustworthy, and immovable. And someone needs to hear that today. You know, someone needs to be reminded that the God we serve is not like the humans we live among. Stop assigning human faults to an immovable God and stop thinking humans can display the complete faithfulness of God. So let's see what Psalm 89 has to teach us about God's faithfulness. In verse 1, it says, I will sing of the faithful love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. So we're supposed to share God's faithfulness with others. We are to teach our children and their children about God's faithfulness. This is a characteristic that he wants to be spread among the generations. Verse 2 says, "Uh, For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. So God is faithful. And he establishes faithfulness. He prepares it. He makes it ready for application. Verse 5 says, Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. So God's faithfulness is something to praise him for. Not only that, uh, but there's a reference here to corporate worship. And so I just want to encourage you, friend, if you are not meeting in corporate worship, if you're not worshiping with others in a corporate setting, in a church setting, church family, I challenge you to begin doing that again. You know, our incomparable God is faithful and we need to sing it from the tops of our lungs 
together in an assembly of fellow believers. All right, verse 8 says, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. Isn't this fun? You know, we know God is faithful. We make known his faithfulness. We've seen him erect his faithfulness. And now we see his faithfulness all around him. He embodies it and surrounds himself with his own steadfastness. All right, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Now, I often pray a verse out of Psalm 139. In the New Living Translation, it says in verse 5, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And after all these years of praying that God would go before me, when I what I see here um, is that steadfast love and faithfulness go before him. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. So uh, verse 24 My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. Now, this verse is about God's exalted one, David, and ultimately Christ, and then ultimately all who are in Christ. So God's faithfulness and steadfast love was with David, and God's faithfulness and steadfast love is with Jesus, and God's faithful and steadfast love is with us. All right, verse 33, but I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. So there's obviously a little context to this verse. When we back up to verse 30, we see that the thought starts with God's children. So verse 30 says, if his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commands, then I will punish their their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes, but I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. So there are consequences to our sin, but a removal of God's steadfast love and faithfulness is not one of them. Praise God. All right. Finally, in the psalmist's lament at the section that I was talking about earlier, we read this in verse 49. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? So it was by God's faithfulness that he swore his steadfast love to David, his truthful, steady, secure, and immovable faithfulness. So the answer isn't that it's been removed. We just saw that God said that he would not do that. The answer is in the plea from verse 46 when he says, How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? His faithfulness is there. By by definition, it's immovable. But rather, it's hidden from us. So my prayer has been, Lord, reveal your faithfulness. Reveal it in your word to me. Thank you for what I've learned about it in Psalm 89. Reveal it in my life. Peel back the blindfold and let me see it in all its glory. Reveal it in your creation. Uncover it in the highs and in the lows of my daily life. You know, so obviously there's so much more we can discuss from Psalm 89, but this should really get you started. So what's next? Well, read Psalm 89 repetitively. While you're getting familiar with the text, jot down some themes or questions you want to explore on the days that you have more time to interact with it. When you get a chance to sit down, start with God. Note his character, conduct, and concerns. Turn this list into adoration prompts and maybe even complete a word study or meditate on repetitive words or ideas that jump out at you. 
And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellenizat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellenizat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to grab that episode guide at michellenizat.com forward slash 471 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Jennifer from, from Nebraska, Elaine from California, Isabel from California, Jennifer from Wisconsin, Noelle from Texas, Linda from the Netherlands, Brad from Texas, Todd from Nebraska, Emily from Minnesota, and Sadie from Georgia. Welcome. And don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellenizat.com or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, can you do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring Jesus Does by We the Kingdom to dive into scripture. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 471. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.